that's how you build rivalries, and that's how you build atmosphere. Edwards, three-pointer, it's good! This team is right there with anybody else in, in the country. They are clicking on kind of a different level that we didn't um, that we didn't see this year. Perry for the lead. Oh! He did it again. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Zone Star State Podcast. I'm Matthew Bruni, and joining me once again is Ishmael Johnson. Ish. Um, Every time I feel like we start this podcast, I look up at the date to kind of remind myself where we are because at this point in February, I have no idea, like no sense of time. I'm just watching basketball every night and just it just continuing to take notes in my mind about who's good and who's not. But it's February 23rd, it's Friday, and uh, yeah, plenty to talk about. How are you doing? Doing good, doing good. I'm trying something different with my mic. I'm I'm going handheld, uh, just because I always get distracted sometimes, and I feel like this would help me stay focused. Because whenever we get on these deep dives about teams, I end up like getting caught up in looking up something up about that team, and then I lose track of the conversation. So I'm hoping this will help a little bit. Um, but yeah, no, we're doing. I'm doing good. We got the girls' regional tournaments going on uh, in high school uh, this weekend, which of course determines the state state tournament next wednesday or next thursday excuse me i'll be heading down next wednesday um so i'll be kind of we'll, we'll kind of we'll kind of see about next week's schedule um but uh we got then we'll have the boys tournament rata for that so yeah it's that's the only reason i can kind of keep track of the of how how what day it is or whatever because i know it's like okay girls state that means it's either yeah. the end of february or the or the first week in march yeah um we have a couple of interesting results. I wanted to um, talk about a couple of the smaller, yep. not smaller, but the small uh, mid-majors uh, that we have in the state. And uh, I just want to jump right into Tarleton State men's basketball. I watched this this morning. Uh, I watched the second half. Well, I watched some of the first half, and I watched most of the second half. And it was one of the best games that I've seen in the state this year. Mm. I mean, we'll, we'll do like game of the year or something at some point later on. You know, Baylor, TCU, that went triple overtime. You know, there's a lot of great games. Tarleton State beating Grand Canyon. And for those who don't know, Grand Canyon, first place in the WAC. Um, I don't, I believe they were, yeah, they were 14 and one coming into this game. Tarleton was second at 12, at 11 and three. And Grand Canyon, oh, not, not, not just, not just 14 and one, 24 and two on the season. Yeah. Like yeah, they, like they not just fourteen and one in conference. Like this is a top six, I believe. Let me see. Let me double check the Ken Palm on this. Heading into the game, they were top fifty-five in Ken Palm. Yeah, um, you know, wins over San Diego State, uh, San Francisco, so on. A really good mid-major team in Grand Canyon. Only lost and to looked- South Carolina by uh, twelve. Looks like seven. Yeah, seven. Oh, never mind. Not even. I thought it was double digits. Never mind. Yeah. So. Great Grand Canyon team, and Tarleton goes down 13 at halftime, and honestly, I think it got up to like 15, 17 at one point in the second half, and then Tarleton just storms back and wins 77-74. to um, Corey Smith, we've talked about him. We've talked about this team a few times on the podcast, but Ja'Cory Smith ends with 24 points. Devin Barnes, 22 points. They are the head of the snake, and 
Um, it was a really, really impressive comeback from Tarleton, and uh, they deserve to lead the show. Yeah, I mean, did the crowd there, can we talk about the crowd as well? Dude, I mean, the environment was amazing. It was basically, I mean, I think it was a sellout crowd. Um, and credit to Tarleton for realizing what the moment was, because it wasn't just like, okay, you're hosting Grand Canyon, which is obviously a big deal. But it was like, okay, Tarleton can go with a half game of moving into first place. Um, they're on their best run, I believe, a seven-game win streak now. They're on their best season ever since moving up to Division One, which was only four years ago, I believe. Um, we've talked about Joseph Jones and like what he's done in Billy Gillespie's uh, absence. I think I think last last night, you know, I follow a lot of the the, the mid major guys from, from when I was in college and all that uh, mid major madness on on they used to be the SB Nation blog. Um, you know, a lot of those guys like they're starting to catch on now. And it's like, oh, what's kind of going on here with this program? And a lot of people were like kind of getting up to getting up to getting updated, I should say, on like kind of the unprecedented nature, right? Like this program who was kind of an okay D2 program. They go up to D1 and Billy Gillespie had them playing a brand of basketball that had them competitive, right? They weren't great. They weren't competing for the conference, but they weren't bad they were a pretty okay team they did what they did we remember that we had the chaos ball jokes about just turning the ball over but also causing as many turnovers as you can getting free throws all that stuff joseph jones has now taken that and like molded it into like having an identity now right like they have a style of play they still yes they still get to the line a ton but it's like they have an outside shooting like they're actually an outside shooting team right they can actually uh, uh have an interesting offense they don't turn the ball over nearly as much as they did, right? Yep. That's kind of the biggest thing is that they're actually running more of a methodical offense that's about ball control. Um, and, man, it, last night, like, it credit to the program for kind of getting that environment out there because you can see, like, we have got we both go to schools that, that were good at basketball. You know, UNC is still good at basketball. Texas State has, was a couple years ago. And even at the height, like – you're not always going to get that kind of crowd, right? Yeah. And you know, like UNT, if they host UAB, if Texas State hosted, you know, Louisiana or whatever, like it wasn't always going to be a great crowd. It just had to be the right kind of moment. I don't think I've ever seen anything like that at, at Texas State or UNT, what we saw in Stephenville last night. That was, um, to your point, the moment felt big for um, Tarleton. I don't, shoot, they've been D1 team as long as we've been doing the podcast, basically. That's a good and... point, yeah. This was probably like the pinnacle moment for this program um, to beat Grand Canyon at home. Heck, to play Grand Canyon close at home. And Grand Canyon did not go away. Tarleton made their run. Yeah. They took a lead. And Grand Canyon comes down, hits like two threes. And they, uh, you know, I think they took the lead back. And then uh, Tarleton hit some free throws late to win it. And uh, they end up storming the court afterwards, all the students in attendance. And it was just like, this is what college basketball is about like Tarleton mm -hmm. state doing this four years into being a division one program to take down grand Canyon, a perennial mid major, like powerhouse basically mm -hmm. to do that at home and to be now 12 and three in conference play. This was like, this was their breakthrough moment. And I don't know, it doesn't guarantee any success in the future. It doesn't guarantee them, you know, being one of the best teams in the WAC for the next five years, but this was a moment that Tarleton needed in terms of like 
all right, now we have a program and we have something to hold on to. Like we have those core memories, like you with Texas State, me with North Texas. We have those memories where it's like that game that we'll Mm -hmm. never forget. Tarleton State fans now have that game that they'll never forget with this Grand Canyon win. And so I don't know how the rest of the season will go, but, um, you know, it's whether it's Grand Canyon that makes the tournament, uh, whether it's Tarleton that makes the tournament, who knows how conference tournaments will go. But, like, they at least have that moment now to where, yeah, that – y'all, you remember that game. You remember that win over Grand Canyon. And uh, that's a lot of fun. And, like you said, Joseph Jones deserves just – a ton of credit for what he's done there and the guard play i mean we talked about it before the guards win in march right it's february 23rd mm-hmm. Corey smith lou williams devin barnes i mean these guys are just really really tough there's it's a senior team it's an older team and um yeah it's really really impressive i think that one of the things that i first of all you, you know you mentioned joseph jones again like he is a product of partially of Billy Gillespie, right? He played under Billy Gillespie. Um, Billy Gillespie brought him in. And so like, it is, it does, to me, it wouldn't, it, there's now a big swing to kind of give him the permanent job, right? We don't know the status on Billy Gillespie. He has missed most of this season with his health issues. Um, again, this isn't me reporting anything. I can, it wouldn't shock me if he just retires, right? It wouldn't shock me. Uh, this was kind of a retirement gig for him anyway. Um, you know, a, a veteran head coach at the D1 level has been at the highest level before in his career. Perfect, perfect person to take this program up. Now it is kind of a perfect situation for him to step aside and let his mentor, his his mentee take over. Um, but yeah, like look, you mentioned the guard play. Look, they held, they had their second lowest turnovers, uh, turnover margin this season. They only had seven turnovers last night. Ken Palm has them at eight. Uh, basketball reference has them at seven. Regardless, that's the second lowest that they've ever had this whole season against Grand Canyon, who is the number one defense and the number one offense in, in the mm-hmm. WAC. Um, again, they didn't have a good three-point shooting night. They shot under 30%, right? They shot a lot of them, but they're still not that much. But they were just able to, one, they won the turnover battle regardless, right? They had uh, Grand Canyon at 14, or um, 14, I believe, 14, 14 turnovers. Yeah. And that was one of their highest margins of the year, uh, Grand Canyon. I don't know, man. This is this is impressive. Like this kind of stuff is impressive because I think it also showed me that like this team does have more talent than I think I gave it credit for. Um, me and you talked about the chaos ball, and we kind of like, oh, this is how they have to play, right? They don't have necessarily the the best talent. And I'm not saying these guys are going to go on and they're actually secret you know, power five, whatever uh, type of players. But like, I do think it's like, okay, there was something there to where maybe that, you know, Billy Gillespie was more saying, okay, let's just get some type of identity involved. And then when Joseph Jones came in, maybe who knows, maybe also this was what Billy Gillespie was working towards, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe his first couple of years. And then he said, Hey, look, he gave the blueprint and Joseph Jones took it and ran with it and did his own thing. I don't know. I think it's a mixture of both. Um, but regardless, yeah, the coaching job, I mean, we were talking about coach of the year. Like, this is the kind of thing that needed to happen for him to be more in that conversation. Yeah. Yeah. He's been in the conversation. And um, I mean, if like I said, if they continue to win, it's it's hard not to like give him that award. And and it is, you know, Billy Gillespie deserves a lot of credit for building this and building a found like the last three years are instrumental in getting mm-hmm. to where they are now, obviously. Sure. So um, and I'm sure he still talks to Joseph Jones a lot and they're collaborative, but um, Jones is now a person who will be 
whether it's Tarleton State or if it's another place, he'll be a head coach next year. I was about to say, if if Tarleton is not smart, which again, you don't normally see interim tags taken off during the season, so I kind of get it. But if they're not working behind the scenes, he's going to be on a sideline next year with his own team. Yeah, he'll have his own team. So yeah, shout out to Tarleton, man. Great win. Great, great win. Um, next few games, Cal Baptist at home. Like I, We knew this team was for real when they went on that three-game road stretch last the last two weeks and beat Utah Valley, Seattle, and UT Arlington. Like three straight road games, beat them all, and then came back home and beat Grand Canyon. Like that is a two-week stretch that should be hung in the rafters. Mm-hmm. That just that doesn't happen. That doesn't right. happen. Like if you put if you put North Texas, if you put a, a good American team in in that stretch, they probably lose a game. Like that, that is not an easy stretch for anybody to go all the way from from freaking Tarleton State to Seattle to Utah, and you're just going down the West Coast. I was about to say the WAC is like a very underrated, hellish conference to kind of navigate. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean you're going is, to the but- Valley. To SF or not to SFA, uh, to the yeah, to SFA, um, to the Valley, to SFA, to Tarleton, to, up to Arlington, to Seattle, to Utah, to the Rio Grande <laughs> down there. I mean, yeah, you're hitting Grand everything. Canyon, so, yeah, that next game home against Cal Baptist, tough but winnable. And then again, road games, back to back roadies at Utah, Utah Tech, Tech's not good this Utah. year. Um, Southern Utah, not very good this year. So, like, again, gettable teams, right? Could they could end like in theory, they could end like 16 and four in conference. That's insane. I don't <laughs> know if Grand Canyon not. will lose two more games, but it doesn't I'm about matter. To say, Grand Canyon, they're a half game within first right now. Grand Canyon has still has first, but, and that's going to be hard, right? Grand Canyon, has AC, up, yeah. ACU, UTRGV, SFA and Cal Baptist. So like you're at best hoping for probably two and two, three and one, right? At best. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, you need them to lose two to get. You need them to lose two, and then you also can't lose at all. So, like, that's that's well, a really tough yeah. stretch. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, if you win out, you only need them to lose once, technically, to get right. the three losses to tie. But yeah, um, yeah, that shout out to Arlton, man, great, great win. Uh, another team that I I didn't get to get eyes on this one because they they blew them out, but Sam Houston State uh, is tied with La Tech for the first place in Conference USA. And I, I remember texting you, um, I think it was after their – no, no, no. We talked about it after their last game where they scored 50 points in the first half. I was like, yeah, I guess they're just, you know, scoring on teams uh, this year. That's just how they've played. And sure enough, 79-58 win over New Mexico State. A game I think they were like two-point favorites in. They end up winning mm-hmm. by 21. Uh, another team that is – I don't want to say overachieving. We know how good Sam Houston is. But, like, sure. this year we had some question marks – I was about uh, to say about Chris Mudge um, taking over for Jason Hooten. So it's like it wasn't a guarantee. And they started off the year six and eight overall, right? Lost to Texas State, lost to Missouri State. You know, they lost to Utah Valley. So we weren't sure. But nine and three in conference play and uh, tied with La Tech. And they have – they play La Tech again on the road on March 7th on the second to last game of the season. They beat, they beat La Tech at home by four. So that could be a de facto, you know, regular season title game right there. Um, but yeah, Sam Houston State, uh, nine and three overall with the win over New Mexico State. I just felt like that was substantial, and we'll see. Yeah. They play UTEP on Saturday, and UTEP is in a mess of its own, four and eight in conference play. So yeah, they had a 
uh, I sent you the the video oh, of yeah. uh, Scotty Walden, the new head coach at a at their game last night. That was kind of the only uh, exciting thing going on at the game. Um, he's coming for that throne about being the most juiced up at that program at that at that athletic department because he's he's given. I don't know if you've seen the videos they've been putting out. He's given Joe Golding a run for his money. That dude's on eleven like always, and it's. I mean, it's what they probably need, right? But it's just like it is different to be like, man, I don't know if I could be around that all the time. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, heck, that, that the coach's office have to be an interesting place in El Paso. That's that's. You think you think sure. him and him and Golden just yell at each other whenever they're trying to like talk? They don't talk on the phone. He's like, Yo, like, Chris. <laughs> like it's not even like a disrespectful thing. They just yell at each other the whole time. Just, yeah, Scotty, what's up, Joe? <laughs> it's just loud. Everybody puts their AirPods in. Yeah, everybody. Nobody. <laughs> turn on the noise cancellation right um but yeah uh i did want to i did want to also shout out lamar wilkerson 14.4 points per game for Mm -hmm. sam houston um he's been really really solid uh for them this year and the guard play same thing here guard play is really good uh devon barnes 13.6 points per game uh i know we talked about before the season uh suleiman dumbia uh, coming over, he's been a solid addition for them in the front court. Six eleven, uh, we know what he can do. So, look, this has been a year of kind of like to put a bow on this. This has been a year where a lot of the teams that we know for playing defense mm-hmm. have subtly turned into playing like offense, or at least you know playing more offense. So right. Tarleton State. Sam Houston State is third in the conference in offense at this moment. Um, what and I didn't have this on the docket, but like SMU is over here, and I don't I don't know what happened exactly, but SMU doesn't really play that level of defense anymore. Instead, they're scoring like a hundred points on Memphis. I know it's Memphis, yeah. but they're scoring a hundred points on Memphis. They're losing to FAU eighty to seventy. They're their kind defense, of balanced out a little bit. Their defense isn't. Their defense I is fourth in the conference now. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. And they're second in offense. And I would right. never have expected that to be the case. Right. I think what's happened, honestly, if I'm being honest, I think what's happened is they're kind of playing with a little bit more of pace. And I think, and again, again, I'm taking a lot from when I saw them against UNT, or both those games against UNT, really. Yeah. I think what they saw was that UNT execute so well at their pace and in the half court and i don't think that they're there yet in terms of being able to execute being able to have that pace and then execute at that same level um and we've seen that their their offense looked pretty bad at times this year i think what they've done is they've kind of kicked up the tempo a little bit because they're up i believe they're around 160 ish in the country in tempo right now i mean look um, at the offensive and- tempo though offensive tempo they're 75th Okay, there you go. See, there's a there, so I think they are playing fat. There looks they are. It looks like they are playing faster, and I think that's just generating more shots. I mean, they're still like I said, they're still defending well. They're still their effective field goal percentage defense still remains the same. Um, they still do lock down, but they're just generating more possession. So therefore, teams can have more opportunities to score eighty. If you're FAU, it's not an e- the point is it's not an easy eighty is what I'm trying to say. Um, their defense is staying the same, but they're just I think they're just kicking up more to be able to generate more in transition or whatever. Cause they're, you know, they generate turnovers. They generate a lot of stuff um, on the defensive end. And I think this is them trying to kickstart something on offense. Cause like UNT, 
if they get the steal, they're not really running, right? They're just, they know they're going to set up their offense. They're going to get a shot they want. SMU doesn't really have as well-rounded of scores like that, as we made fun of them before. It's a lot of Zurich Phelps. Um, but a lot of these guys like Sammy Williamson are good in transition. They're good at running, right? They're at, they can outrun the other team's big if they get down there a little bit quicker. So I think that may be a little bit of it. Um, tempo definitely plays a part, but yeah, secretly they have been just kind of getting in a little bit more of track meets. Yeah. I mean, I'm just, they've scored like over 70 in almost every game besides yeah. North Texas uh, over the past month plus. So that's just an interesting trend I saw is, I mean, Grant McCaslin, Texas Tech, right? Yeah, that's Offense, a good one too, yeah. Although in defense. Um, I mean, we kind of saw it coming, but Texas was better on defense last year. And then, yeah, Texas, they're, offense, they're no defense. I remember this used to be the state of defense-ish, and <laughs> I, I don't what happened. What did they do yeah. to my boy? What yeah, I know. <laughs> what did they do to my boy? Texas yeah, Baylor State, doesn't play DCU, defense anymore. DCU doesn't play defense Okay, well, it doesn't. It's a strong word, but um, they try. A and M might be the only one holding strong, just because they suck on offense now. So Honestly, that's not. Yeah, that's kind of true. Let's, let's transition there because uh, well, I, want well, I do want to mention a little bit on Baylor. A little bit on Baylor. They lost to BYU, uh, and BYU looks like they're kind of clicking right now. Um, I know they had a weird loss to Oklahoma State, but they that offense that they ran uh, that five out really, really gave Baylor fits, um, and. I believe they went. They had 36 threes uh, attempts in that game. Uh, BYU did. So again, if you're Baylor, that probably wasn't a fun game to watch because as good of an offense as they had that day, they couldn't stop anything. So that's all I wanted to mention. They were the only other team that I noted um, during the week. I did. I just want to talk about Texas A&M. Yeah, that's, yeah, go for it. I mean, we can we can, we can keep going. We can talk about Texas A&M again. All right. Well, we will. We. We're talking about Texas A&M until they win a game. That's what we're going to do. Um, we talked about on the last podcast, I think, uh, was it after the Alabama game, right? Yeah. And then on Tuesday, they went um, at home against Arkansas as I think it was like 12-point favorites and lost 78-71. Now know, six swept by Arkansas this year. Yeah, swept by Arkansas is an incredible statement. Third to last um, place, Arkansas. Yeah. So they are now six and seven in conference, 15 and 11 overall. And I have no idea how Joe Lenardi has them as the last team in the tournament right now. I have no clue how they're in the tournament. They are clinging I'm just on to say that right Iowa now. State win. That Iowa the State Iowa win, St- they are clinging on for dear life. <laughs> the Iowa State win, and then obviously the Kentucky win at, or I'm sorry, the, the Tennessee win at home. Yeah, I mean, um, they got the Kentucky win, too, if you want to count that, I guess. Yeah. It's an okay with aging better. Yeah, so... I'm trying to think. Um, so it looks like they're they're 6-5 and five in Q1 games, which I, I just might be good enough to get in. Like, at, I mean, again, if they don't, if they keep losing, then yeah, they're not going to get in. But I think at the resume right now, 6-5 and five in Q1, I don't know. Like that, <laughs> They... Yeah, I mean, well, I'm looking at the other teams on the bubble, and I just don't, I don't sure. see it. Like, I, I don't, I don't think they're better than Wake Forest, Ole Miss, Utah, Butler, Cincinnati, Colorado. Like, I don't think they're better than these teams. No. And honestly, like the SMU win, which we talked about before, might carry a lot of weight. Like the the non conference feels like it has to carry a lot of weight with this team mm-hmm. because at this point, losses to Vanderbilt and Arkansas negate your wins 
over Iowa State and right. Tennessee. Right. You can't beat Tennessee then lose to Vanderbilt. You can't. That's that's not how the game is played. You can't right. do that. And um, Arkansas lost at home is equally as bad to me as the win over like SMU or Kentucky. Like you again, you can't do that. So now you play Tennessee on the road, and I don't know if Buzz Williams is watching, but like they're not winning that game. No, they're really not. I'm ready to pull this clip if they do, but like if they're not winning this game at Tennessee and then you got South Carolina, Georgia, Mississippi state, Mississippi yeah. best case scenario in these last five games is three and two. In my opinion, that would get them to nine and nine. I guess that'd get them to the tournament, but I don't think they're winning three of these games. Yeah. So I was about to say, cause you're also looking at Tennessee. Who's looking for a one, a one seed, right? I believe they're at a two right now. Um, Roughly around two range. So they have AM, Auburn, Alabama coming up. They win those games. It doesn't matter what happens in the SEC tournament. I think they're getting a two seed or a one seed. Um, and so you have a motivated Tennessee on the road. Uh, by the way, Bartorvik has AM uh, not in and only a 14% chance of getting in. So Ooh. yeah, uh, they have them. So they have the first teams out and he has a ranking system of those teams and they're eighth on those teams on the teams out so yeah. look it's it's looking scary right they're gonna need some stuff to happen as in like yeah they're gonna need to do the improbable and i know they beat tennessee before but do it again on the road and after this losing streak like it's that's tough man it's it's not looking good they're now down to and nm fans please do not cover yours if you don't want to hear this they are down to 356 or 346 in the country, an effective field goal percentage on on offense. They are down to 358 in the country in three-point shooting. They are shooting 27% as a team from three. This that stinks. That's awful. <laughs> they have they are 30 361st in block percentage. What is this? What does this team do anymore besides offensive rebound that's worth like that's worth considering them a tournament team? That's it. Like, uh, I want to go like even I want to go eye test at a certain sure. point too. Sure, sure. And we've watched the I, we've watched a lot of this Texas A and M team at no point during the year, even when like like you can't like I knew. I we knew something was wrong immediately mm-hmm. when they lost to LSU to start a conference play at yeah. home yeah. by 15. That doesn't happen to to LSU's not making the tournament. Like I was about to say LSU's like they're fine this year but they're not making the tournament. Yeah. Like you don't do that. You just don't right. lose that game at home by that much and get rolled right. like that. And so like you said outside of offensive rebounding which again congratulations y'all lead the country in grabbing misses what else there's a lot of misses <laughs> yeah what else do you do here like there's nothing else way taylor has had like 11 points and 10 points in the last two games and if he doesn't play well you're losing every game you play like yeah. it is literally all about way taylor right now because there's nothing else here to hold on to i mean radford's a shell of himself at this point you have got role players that like solomon washington and anderson garcia and hayden hefner who are cool in theory last year when taylor and radford like were 
were dominant and Marvel was there and I was about to say was 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 Dennis and Marvel like that were they that valuable? Like Marvel, I get Marvel was a good presence for them inside, right? That he did give them something different, and they do clearly miss having somebody with that physical presence. But like, was he that important to them? I'm looking at Henry Coleman's numbers, which aren't even diff that different from last year. No, yeah, no, um, Henry Coleman's been very stagnant for like a couple of years now. Yeah, and I'm not saying like that's not even a good or bad thing. He's just kind of there. Yeah, he, I think he just is what he is at this point. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's. And hate to look ahead, but I don't see where losing, you know, potentially. I assume Way Taylor's gone, just one way or the other. I don't, I don't know. I would assume, but you know, Radford and all the seniors on the Henry Coleman and all the seniors on this team. Mm-hmm. This is this is an old team, and uh, a lot of continuity. You're top fifty in the country, both in D one experience and minutes continuity, and this is the result. So, yeah. Um, I did see something. Let me see if I can find it. Um, someone also, was saying, speaking, go ahead. Well, I was gonna say, speaking of somebody who fell off too, uh, um, Manny Obasaki, like, oh, yeah, it, I thought he'd take some type of step forward this year, and he has just not, he has just not been a factor at all. Again, he's, he, he I don't know if it's been injury or what, because he had like a moment in December where he had like a good stretch of games. But then he just has not simply again, it might be injury, that might be something, but just has not been the season from him, I thought. But anyway, what were you saying? Someone mentioned TCU potentially being on the bubble if they don't get it together. Like in the like they they someone said TCU, obviously we know they don't have the non-conference. They had one of the worst, if not the worst, non-conferences in right. in the country. Um, yeah, 354th in non-conference. So we know they didn't play anybody. Mm-hmm. And a big thing, like I said, with AM was like it feels like in Joe Lenardi and a lot of people that talk brackets, it's like non-conference matters. And so you can't just, you know, they're they TCU kind of hoped that the wins over like Baylor and Texas Tech and stuff could buoy them into like a six seed or something. Mm-hmm. But at this point, it's like, all right, you beat Houston, and then you have the Baylor triple overtime win on the road, and then it's like I don't know how many other like quad one games there are here. And I, I'm not a big quad person because that's a little like too complicated for me with how it Sure, moves. I get you. I get you. Other than those two wins, the only other win in the top 35 of Ken Palm is Texas Tech at home. Yeah. Uh, I so think right now. Lenardi has count. a nine yeah. right now. They do have them. Um, uh, Torvik does count. So Tech does would count as a quad one. So yeah. they're. I mean, they're three and seven in quad one games, um, but they've won like every other type of game, I think is the benefit is the the benefit I think is like their only losses are quad one. Right. And so like quad two, quad three, they're seven and one. And then quad four, obviously a lot of the whatever games they're eight. No. So like, I think their thing, if they were to sneak in, it's because they it's basically the big 12. That's what they're saying, right? Is like if this team was in whatever conference, they'd probably be doing better. I don't think they're a guarantee either. I don't want you know that to come across. I do think that that's why they're kind of nine or eight ish right now. Um, I think Torvik has them at. Let me see. I was looking at their uh, bracket projections earlier. Um, he has them at. He has them at ninety two percent getting in. Yeah. So I think that's again that's that's pretty firm, and I think it's mostly them saying. Big 12 asterisk. They've yeah. won 
three of the toughest games in that conference. And they still, and also they have, right. They have Baylor coming up. They have BYU coming up. They have Cincinnati coming up in the next three games. So like two and yeah. they can go zero and three, but they can also go two and one, three and oh, if they go two and one in that stretch, then it's, they're fine. Yeah. They're, if, if, if they, they go yeah, one and two, they, or stumble, and I was about to say one and two, then we're talking, right. Then we'll have to talk. I'm just, if they end up, you know, two and three in this last five games, then I think it gets real interesting. Yeah. It gets real interesting. And not in terms of, I don't even, th- again, not in terms of them missing it potentially, but like, do they drop to a first four game? Like 11 sure. seed at that point? I, it, it gets a little um, hairy. So that's, that. I did want to bring that up though, because it, I've seen people talk about it and I didn't know for sure um, how realistic that was. Where's Texas, Texas and Lenardi's actually while we're here? Torvik has them as an eight. I don't know about Lenardi. Eight, yeah. Eight, yeah. That okay. seems about right. Right. Okay. They, they're like again with a lot of these Big Twelve teams, and we kind of talked about it a little bit last episode. We've seen so much of them that we're probably like like a Texas, right? I don't yeah. think Texas is getting to the second weekend, but I could see somebody seeing Texas being like, oh, you know, they play in the Big Twelve. They have good wins, right? They showed out against Houston pretty well. They yeah. beat, you know, TCU, Baylor, Oklahoma. Like, they have good wins, so, like, put them in, right? Well, let's uh, go ahead. All right. I was just going to say, uh, also, I mean, I think that the SEC just being here is, like, the SEC is also kind of taking a dip here to where sure, Ole Miss sure. and AM. if Ole Miss and AM don't get in, there's two more spots for at-large yeah. people. So, like, Texas good kind of has to get in by default. That's why you're starting to see the – uh, the teams that I named earlier and that are on the bubble that maybe aren't from power conferences or maybe, you know, like Drake is one of the, on the bubble, Utah, mm-hmm. Butler, um, like those type of teams, Wake Forest. Yeah. So it's, um, I mean, not for nothing, Texas last five games is pretty tough besides Oklahoma State at home. Kansas, sure. Kansas and Tech both on the road. Like Ugh, that, that might be the toughest. I mean, outside of Houston, those are the two yeah. toughest <laughs> tests. On the they could lose both those games and drop to six and nine in conference. Let's be clear. They can lose both those games by 20. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> those two games are going to be tough. You'll beat Oklahoma state and then you have Baylor on the road and then Oklahoma at home to wrap up the season. Dare I say you have to be Oklahoma at home to like, or to avoid being like a 11 seed or something. I don't maybe I don't probably. Know. I mean that at that point. Yeah. Which again, Oklahoma hasn't looked great at times this year. They they definitely fallen off from what a lot of people projected them to be. Um, so it's possible, but yeah, like it, yeah, there's there's definitely room to slip some uh, slip still here. Yeah. Um. All right. That's all I had. I think on the men's side. Yep. Um. Was there any? You said uh, you have a women's basketball note. Yeah, there was a couple of notes. Um. Let me see. What were some of them? Um. So this one's more on similar seeding, right? Yeah. Um, Texas could kind of work its way into a one seed now. Uh, we had some big results go down nationally. Um, Iowa lost. They got drilled by uh, Indiana, which was actually pretty impressive, really impressive. Um, so they're, now Iowa isn't a guarantee. I believe they were f- number four. What were they coming into that? They're number four heading into the game at number seven. So... Texas sitting at number five, they could work their way into that top four slot. Therefore being an argument for a number one seed, mm-hmm. um, Utah also got drilled by UCLA by 30. 
right? So like yeah. they take their that go that takes a little bit of a shine to the Pac-12 a little bit. And so all of a sudden, yeah, Texas looking like a potential one seed now. Um, of course they have to finish business. I don't know what their schedule is in front of me, but I was noticing that last night. I I think when I saw the Indiana score go final, I thought and I was like, is Texas gonna like the second we started thinking that this team was gonna be, you know, is what they are without Rory Harmon, they're potentially yeah. walking into walking into a one seed. And I say walking in because yeah, they needed help and they're getting it. <laughs> yeah, I mean. It's, it's what I've said the entire year is like outside of South Carolina, I, two through 13 in, in the country is a toss up to me. So, yeah, um, yeah Texas has UTF, UCF on the road tomorrow. Uh, then then the Oklahoma game on the road. Mm, that's a massive one. Determine the Big 12 and yeah. then BYU at home. So the, the Oklahoma game probably determines their one seed status. I that's guess. yeah that's that's pretty safe to say um right now charlie cream has them as the one he moved them into the one sleep seat after yesterday um it's a very interesting austin region uh at least in this drawing old miss prince the winner of old miss princeton in the second round and then bruni potentially your girls lsu potentially in second weekend in this drawing of it yeah we'll, we're gonna have to fly out to portland to to watch them play in the sweet 16 <laughs> Dude, that um that matchup, I am all over that. I am all if they, if we somehow get Texas LSU in a Sweet Sixteen, fun. give that'd me all, all the money. Give me all the money. Let's go. Just just that'd just, be fun. That'd be fun as well. Um. Also, I I get why we have regionals in two locations, but Portland yeah. and Albany. That like putting them all the way on the east and west coast every single year is like yeah. taxing to my yeah it's very weird. At some point, can all right. At, uh, well, the next year it better be like, can we do like a Austin and uh, Wisconsin one or something like that? Like make it right. north and south. Well, I was gonna point. say like especially because it's like it'd be the Austin and Baton Rouge uh, uh, first round, and then they both go to Portland <laughs> instead of just playing in Houston or something. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Um, Okay, I'm looking at the bracketology now. Um, yeah, Texas as a one man, that would be something. And there, they'd be. I think in this one, are they the third overall? I think, yeah, because South fourth. Carolina, Stanford, or fourth? Are they fourth? Well, because okay, they're yeah, 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 yeah they're, they're South it crosses over, right? Yeah, it crosses over. So. Um, and last but not least, Lamar women's basketball won again. Let's go, so. baby. Let's they are, uh, beat McNeese by 30. McNeese is awful, but 13 and 1 in conference. AM Corpus Christi also won. So they're 11 and 3 in conference now, I believe. So Keep um, the big game Lamar versus Texas AM Corpus Christi on Saturday at 3 o'clock in Beaumont. Um, if Lamar wins that, they're not losing another game. <laughs> uh, they're not losing a game for the rest of the regular season. So. Um, we could be looking at 17 and one Lamar here. Oh, that'd be so awesome. Is this, let me see. I'm trying to think how many more games do they got Lamar? Four. I got four, four more. So, okay. So I guess two, I mean, honestly, if they win this one, if they beat, if they beat Corpus and then they win one more, I think that's mathematically the title clenched. Yeah, I think. Um, because they have the tiebreaker well, over southeastern. Southeastern, they have the well, they they, no, split they, they swept southeastern, so yeah, they're okay. up two full games. So yeah, they okay. just win. 
two two more three more. I think I was about to say I think it's two more. Um, I think one more roughly does it, but two more will cement it. I'll have to look into. I don't know. I do not know the tiebreakers. Um, for the Southland Conference, so you, I'm not going to pretend I do. Yeah, yeah. yeah they're I, twelve I, and I two. Yeah, Southeastern's twelve and two. Okay, to thirteen one. So yeah, if you win three, then you've clinched. Okay, okay. Because I thought I thought Southeastern was down two games, but they're only down one. So they're only down one. Okay. Yeah, in theory. All right, we'll see. Historic season. Uh, by the way, uh, speaking of Saturday, I will be on the call for UTA Utah Tech. Um, wow! Congratulations! Saturday. You didn't tell me yeah, this. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah, it, was, it just it just came official. Um, me and James Tritley, who James Tritley calls some games for Texan Live. Uh, he's the guy for UTA. They needed a color guy, so uh, they were like, "Hey, you've done color commentary before. You wanna wanna hop on for this one?" So, yeah, it's been cool. I'm, I've been doing some deep diving into UTA in a way that you know we haven't talked about them this much on this show uh, this yeah. year. So I've been doing a lot more deep diving, and so it's been cool. Like it's it's. It's really cool. It's been a good year. We can talk more about it after the after this weekend, but um looking more into what KT Turner's doing this year, it's been impressive. They're not contending for the conference or anything, but um they're really, really fun to watch. They're really pushing the tempo. We, speaking of offense, um, they're the number one offense in the whack right now. And I'm kind of excited to see what they do. This is they're in the middle of a two-game win streak. They're hoping hoping to get their second three-game win streak of the season. Um so yeah, we'll talk more about it when uh, probably on on Tuesday or whatever. But uh, yeah, if you're interested, hop on ESPN Plus and give that a watch. I mean, they've been the biggest turnaround of any team. Like in in I re- I remember us early in the season being like, damn, they lost to Lamar, UTSA, Illinois State. They were like zero and five, and then they were right just one and eight, and now they're fourteen and twelve. So, um, yeah, they, they've been a, a real turnaround. Um, like you said, we haven't talked about them a ton because the, the whack conversation has been kind of up and down. But Right. And we um, kind of have, I mean, Tarleton's the bigger narrative, I would say. Um, yeah, on the men's side especially. Yeah. Are you doing but men's yeah, or so- women's? Sorry, it'll be it'll be it'll be the women. Oh, the men, the men's side, men's side. Oh, okay. I was looking at the. Yeah. I'm, I was looking oh, you're at looking the at side. you're looking at the women's. Oh, okay, yeah. No, yeah, I was looking at the women. Um. So yeah, no, KT Turner and those guys, they they actually play with a lot of tempo. Like in like they're top 30 in the country in tempo, um, which is pretty fun. So I'm excited to see them. Um, like I said, we haven't talked about them really the men or the women this year uh, that much. Um, probably have to keep more of an eye on them because KT Turner is a really good recruiter. And yeah. if they can end the year pretty well, they may have some momentum going into um going into next year because I know they beat out. Old Miss for a guy last year. Uh, they're one of their leading one of their leading scores who's a freshman, um, and they brought in some other interesting transfers. So again, I, I think Turner was the right hire, and he's kind of proving it by by having them pretty be be pretty competitive in his first year. All right, there you go. We have a television star on our hands here <laughs> at the Stone Star State Podcast. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, that's all we got for y'all today. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we'll be back. Plenty to talk about. Obviously, Saturdays are always busy, so we will stay up to date with those. Uh, if you enjoyed the podcast, leave us a like, comment, share, subscribe to the YouTube if you haven't already. Follow us on TikTok, Zone Star State, and we will talk to y'all later.